0: This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Hi everyone, it's Rabbi Dr. Jack Holm with the Torah Anytime Dating and Shalom Bayi series. Thank you to all the people who have been asking questions and have been sending warm regards for the Shuram as I meet you on Zoom or wherever I am. And by the way, it was a beautiful live event that we had in Pesach this past Sunday. I want to give a big shout out to Roxanne Hooter and uh, Reuven Stone for doing such a great job to organize the first live singles event in four months since this corona epidemic hit the world. Uh, while I'm uh, on the subject, I want to also give a big shout out to my great partner, Partners in Shaduchem. They're doing an outstanding job to collate and collect as many uh, singles resumes as possible, and I would like to put it out there. Anyone out there who's single that doesn't have his resume on Partners in Shaduchem should run to put their resume on Partners in Shadduchim. It's an incredible platform to meet people, to see people that you'd like to get to know. You may have seen them at events or celebrations or gatherings and you don't know who they are. You can look them up on Partners in Shadduchim. And please if it's you or if it's a family member or a single that you know, take the initiative and put them on put on, their, on that platform in Partners in Shadduchim and create a singles profile. We'd like to get to 5,000 as quickly as possible. And the more people that are on there, the more, obviously, the more selection there can be. And the easier it is to be able to go ahead and look for someone that special someone for you. As I've told you in separate uh, other separate occasions, Partners in Shadduchim's website or platform allows you to custom search for whatever you're looking for, whatever age group, whatever category, whatever religious level, whatever height, whatever background, culturally and ethnically. So please give that uh, your greatest attention. Uh, Also, I'd like to congratulate many of the many, many, many students who've been getting engaged and getting married through having been part of the audience of my wonderful Shuram. Thank you so much for, to them, and I want to offer them a Mazel Tov to Aviva Avital Bayer in Jerusalem, who just got married, who helped us coordinate last year's uh, um, our our uh, our dating uh, events last year in, in Ramat So thank you so much. I'll also give a big shout out to Devorah Lang in Detroit to many of the people who follow me regularly. I want to say. Baruch Hashem, education is the key, and education is fundamental to be able to become a great dater. So with that in mind, oh, before I start, I'd like to just put it out to anyone out there, anywhere in the world who'd like my help in Shidduchim, would like to get a copy of the list of the qualities to look for in a spouse, or would like for, to help me, for me to help them in putting together the top 10 list of what a person needs in their specific Shidduch. Every one of us has and should have a top 10 needs list. Or if you'd like my help to look through a relationship that you're going through and evaluate it to see if it's the good one for you, if it's the right one, or you need my help in Shalom bias or you'd like my help as a matchmaker, you can contact me on WhatsApp or text or email me from anywhere in the world at 305-206-1916. Again, 305-206-1916 if you prefer email. It's drjackohen18 at gmail.com. Again, D-R-J-A-C-K-C-O-H-E-N 18 at gmail.com. So I'd like to start tonight's presentation with the area of researching an individual. Many people ask me, how do I know if it's the right one? What questions do I ask? What do I look for? So I'm going to probe that area as part of the first thing that I'll do tonight. And so I'll give you a little bit of an awareness. What should you be looking for? What should you be, what, what, what red flags should be on the lookout for? And what questions should you be asking? And then we'll probably perhaps share a good story too. Sometimes we ask questions, but we're not sure. These questions may sound to us intrusive, but they have to be asked. Unfortunately, there are people who have mental illness. We need to know, do they have borderline personality disorder? Do they have OCD? Do they have anything uh, like depression, etc.? Hidden drug addictions are another issue. This often comes up. Alcoholism is another big one, especially today with the kiddish clubs. We've got to know, does this person have a drink once in a while? Or is he hitting the bar once too often? Severe indebtedness would be another problem, especially when I deal with people. I help a lot of clients who are over 15, 16, going into their second marriages who are maybe well-to-do and they don't want to incur any more debts by taking on a new spouse that perhaps could have financial hardship. Uh, the, Am I looking at someone who is sociopathic in terms of their personality or financial abandonment of a prior family? We have to look into that. That's very important. An individual who is anxious to get married or whose family wants to see them find their soulmate may intentionally hide problems from a shotgun or Rosh Hashiva because they don't want them to know because when that Shatchan is asked questions or the dean of the school is asked questions, he's going to have to tell them the truth. And if he doesn't know about it, then certainly he can't hand over that information. The Shachan has no obligation to investigate whether they exist or not. And the same can be true of a friend, neighbor, or, or Chavrusa, who study who suggests such a person for a Shidduch. Meaning that the onus is on you or your parent in order to investigate properly the individual, the boy or the girl that you're considering taking out. In many cases, this vital information can be discovered with a few well-placed phone calls to the right people. You'll find out more information if you ask questions that require narrative answers. Instead of answering Questions that will get a yes or no. Try to ask questions that will give you a couple of sentences, like why and what, etc., instead of a yes or no. Pointed questions will save you from the following scenario. Is he a nice boy? Of course they're going to say yes. Is she a nice girl? Of course they're going to say yes. Right? That exchange is useless. You can learn much more by asking questions such as, can you tell me how he gets along with the boys in his room? Can you tell me how she gets along with the girls in her school? What's his relationship like with other children in the family? I'll give you a classic example. I had a girl that I handled as a client, who came to me after I gave a very big radio presentation on broken engagements. And she told me what caused her engagement to get broken. She was going out with the boy, all seemed well, they got engaged, and then she was invited to their home, which is out of state, and when she spent Shabbos with them. Okay, seems so good. And now the boy had a, a, a brother, the Hassan had a brother who was autistic. And when she saw something in exchange between the chassan and his brother, which was totally unacceptable, he demeaned him, he shamed him, he threw him out of the room, he wouldn't allow him to sit at the Shabbos table. He did this several times, even told his mother to be silent and be quiet at the Shabbos table. The girl was aghast, it didn't take her too long to break off the shidduch, so we have to really get into the other person and find out what's going on with them. For example, you can ask: Does he do chesed? Does he do acts of kindness? Can you give me examples of the acts of kindness that he does? Does he do Tom Shabbos deliveries for people that are in financial stra- that are financially strapped and have problems with Shabbos? Does he help uh, individuals in an old in uh, an old age home or a nursing home? Um, does he? Help, does, he, does she help people in her class or, or on her block that could use help, like for example a mother that has seven or eight kids if she goes over there after school hours perhaps to help them. So that's the questions that we want to ask. We want to get questions that will give me narrative answers. Now, you have to also make sure your references that are on your resume are very aware of your life. I'll give you an, I'll give you an example. Sam was happy to give the in the name and telephone number of his former high school principal whom he liked and he looked up to as a mentor ten years after he finished high school but even though Sam and the principal saw each other from time to time, Sam I never discussed being a reference with his mentor, he just put him on there no, he just put him on there now I'll tell you something, I had this recently happen to me, in which I'm handling a client uh, from a city in New Jersey and we I read him a shidduch of a certain girl and the girl's family called up his references he had on there a high school teacher who had not spoken to him in seven years and she said, wow it beats me, this is news to me that I'm on his references. So I had I had to tell him, hello, you got to call up this reference, either you're going to bring her up to speed as to what you're doing with your life, or please remove her from your dating resume, because all it is is a liability, not an asset. Sam certainly didn't anticipate that the young woman who had been suggested to him would call the shopman to say, tell Sam to get a new reference. It seems that Sam's mentor has responded to her with like, you want to date that guy? I like Sam, but he really needs a good woman to put his head on straight. Because this is the last memory that he had of him as a high school student, Sam burst out laughing when he heard the story, saying, "I'm sure he was trying to be funny," and he probably thinks a little bit about about it that it's true. Yet Sam understood that the woman had turned him down because no normal woman wants to have to be out going out with a guy whose man, whose head needs to be put on straight, and she decided to use another person as a future, and he decided to use another person as a future reference. So it's important that you understand. You look into your references that they are up to date with your life. And as a result, they can then do their best job and the most effective job to represent you properly. It's a good idea for your list of references to include at least one person who's known you for a long time and can speak about you at length. And one person who knows you well now. Someone who knows your past and someone who knows your present. Update your references on what's going on in your life. Tell them what's going on. Tell them what you're working at. Tell them what school you're going to. Tell them the goals you've accomplished. Tell them how you hope to achieve some goals you'd like to still accomplish. Tell them about the values that are important to you. And your character strengths. Because the more you can convey to your references, obviously, the more passionately your references can convey to the people who call, asking about you as a potential shidduch. Your references will be asked questions... More than your elevated pitch, which is thirty seconds, so be so be satisfied that they have a good understanding of your background. They should know who you are and what you're looking for. Now. What if you're a Baal tshuva? Let's say you're an, you're an individual who just recently became religious. How should you handle this area? Baal Chuva often wonder how they can suggest a reference who has known them a long time when their long-term friends were really not religious and they're not used to the religious world and they have no idea how to react to someone calling them up for a reference for a Shidduch because they don't really use the Shidduch system at all nor do they have any idea or clue of, uh, as to what it's about. If you are newly religious or from a modern background, you may be tempted to skip the checkout process because you don't have relatives to help or are unsure of the correct procedure to follow. It's likely, however, that there are people in your network who can explain the process in more detail and can even help make inquiries for you. Even though it may be challenging, checking out prospects is a must, especially for Baal You need to understand if the person who's a Baal the man or the woman, are really grounded in their religious fervor. Or are they just passing through Judaism? You want to make sure that they're stable, they're grounded, that they've been there for a while, and it's not just a a flirtation that they're having with Judaism for now. This shortened dating period for for religious singles, or the shortened dating period for religious singles, is another reason that Balichuva have to make the appropriate inquiry about the prospective shidduch. Because in our world, we don't date for months on end. It's usually much more captioned. It's much more shorter. It could be a month or two at most And so, a person, especially if he's a Baal needs to be able to do the groundwork if they're going out with such an individual. Sometimes friends and mentors will encourage a Baal to get engaged after a brief period of dating without realizing that they didn't benefit from the extensive investigations that long-established religious families will generally conduct. So it's important that they should also be able to do this as well. Many people will confine their search to two or three well-informed references who sound honest and sincere. Other people, however, say if I get the information the answers I'm looking for from one or two people, that's enough for me. But if I don't, then I'll make a lot of phone calls. A lot of phone calls can lead to problems with people who offer information, even though they don't have all the facts, have a grudge against you or your family, or are not interested in taking enough time to speak on your behalf. Make sure that you check out the references that are supporting you, that they're on your, you know, that they're supporting you, they're on your side. Sometimes it happens, I see this often, that the references that are on people's dating resumes are not exactly friendly to that person, or maybe jealous. So you have to be careful with that. How do I handle negative information that I receive about a prospective shidduch? Checking out a potential dating partner isn't a hunt for negative information. If you hear something negative, don't rush to pass judgment. You never know. You may have spoken to someone with an opinion on the person, or their family that no one else shares. Or you may have been told incomplete information by someone who doesn't know all the facts. It's also possible that they have an unrealistically optimistic view of your potential dating partner or are purposely withholding unfavorable information. That's why it's a good idea to speak to at least two people. You want to get at least two or more opinions on the person, especially if you hear or sense something negative. Furthermore, if you're not sure what the person you are interviewing means to say, or if you need clarification, ask more pointed questions. If you get a question that seems to be raising a red flag, dig deeper into that area. You don't want to reject or accept someone based on incomplete or misunderstood information. So you have to get get more detailish with the question. Instead of automatically dismissing the suggestion because you may have concerns about the person's background, ask more questions. You make it more of an enlightened background, and as a result, it may flush out a potential doubt and eliminate it. So that's an important point. What are areas of concern? If the person you're asking about has had more recent challenges or has a history of drug or alcohol abuse or serious emotional difficulties, be especially thorough in your investigation. These are areas that are very controversial and they're very scary. You don't want to unfairly stigmatize someone who can be a great partner. But you also don't want to ignore a serious problem. So it's important that you ask balanced good questions. For example, you may learn that the emotional issues are being successfully managed with therapy or medication or were the result of a painful temporary situation, such as the death of a close relative that may have sunk that person into depression for a time period and have been resolved. So you have to ask. Many people today are on medications of all types and have endured all types of emotional traumas. So before you just discriminate and say and reject and say no not for me, dig a little. Find out if they treated the problem and if it's beyond them now and it's past tense. Here are some areas to be concerned about when you look into the history of a person that you're considering dating. Substance abuse or addiction. Anyone who abuses alcohol or drugs or struggles with addiction is not a good candidate for marriage. A recovering addict who is now sober and in treatment, may be a good marriage partner, provided they are committed to remain in a 12-step rehabilitation program. So that's important. If you're considering someone with a history of addiction or substance abuse, learn more about the challenges they may face because of their condition. I'm handling someone now who's in his early 60s, whose marriage fell apart because he fell to addictions of all types. He got, first of all, he was a workaholic, and then a great guy. He was a workaholic, then he turned to alcohol, then he wasn't had a little bit of infidelity with his, with his wife, etc. It just crashed on him until the marriage just dissolved. And now he took himself by the horns and he entered into AA and all other types of uh, rehabilitation programs. It's been five years, he's clean, he goes to all his meetings. And he's someone that I'm representing now because I have high hopes for him and I'm tr- very high on him that he can be a fantastic husband very soon. Now, so that's important. So, if you're considering someone with a history of addiction or substance abuse, learn more about the challenges that they face because of their condition, as well as they handle their personal challenges. Don't assume they can succeed in overcoming their addiction simply because they're religious or have found Torah. That's not the answer. Like everyone else with their background, they will face the challenges of recovery on a daily basis, and they stand the best chance of succeeding if they remain in their therapy programs. What about significant medical conditions? And that's a big one. Does she or he have diabetes or emotional disorders or Crohn's disease which I've seen recently or do they have orthopedic problems have they have they you know convalesced from cancer gossip a bit some people don't feel it's necessary to know if the person that they're dating has had significant medical conditions reasoning that all of us develop conditions anyway as we age yet there's no comparison between a person's willingness to deal with a, a disease of someone they're just getting to know and the ability to do so when a beloved spouse is diagnosed with a life-changing condition I told a very beautiful story recently that Rokhaim Kanievsky's Chavusa, who is study partner, told an amazing story about a case that came to Rokhaim Kanievsky. What was the case? Here was the case. Two people came to him. They were engaged to be married and they had three weeks until their wedding. When three weeks prior to the wedding, it was determined that the Hassan or, or the groom was suffering from terminal cancer. He was diagnosed with cancer three weeks before the wedding. He turned to his kala or his bride to be and he said to her, it's not fair that I should put you through this. And he said, I'm going to postpone if not cancel the wedding. She then said to him, I love you dearly. You're a Torah scholar. I want to have that, that kind of person as a husband. And I'm sure that the next year is not going to be easy for you as you have to go and be admitted for chemotherapy therapy. I want to be there by your side to support you. And so it was an amazing thing. So what, what, what happened? Reb decided, he gave Pesach he gave a, a ruling that the wedding should go on Everyone was astonished, and the wedding did go on. And Haruchaim is usually a person who is reserved, whose time and every second matters for, for learning Torah. The night of the wedding, he was aware when the night of the wedding took place. He decided to ask his attendant, "Please take me to the wedding." And he went to the wedding and he shared uh, the celebration with the with the with the, chassan, with the groom, and he also danced with him. And then after that, he was led into a waiting car back to his house, where he was going to return to resume his studies. On the way back, his study party, Rabbi Eliyahu Oman, asked him a question. I'd like to ask you something, he said, Rabbi How did you decide on determining that the wedding should go on? On what basis did you make that determination? And so Rabbi Haim answered beautifully. He said like this. He said, you know what? It's simple. There's a medrash on this. There's a medrash that speaks about that Rabbi Alexander the Great was conquering kingdom after kingdom. Once came upon a kingdom. Who basically were conceding defeat without even fighting with him. And he rushed to the border to give them all their silver and gold. Alexander looked at the king, who was just admitting defeat, and putting up the white flag right away, He said, I don't want your money. I didn't come here for your money. You know why I came here for? I came here because I want to see how you decide issues of monetary arguments, or monetary civil tort. You know, I'd like to, monetary disputes. So the king said, interesting that you asked that question, because I'm about to judge one right now. And in front of the king were two disputants. What happened? An individual sold a ruin to someone. The person who bought the ruin was happy, and the one day, while chipping into the ruin, he discovered a treasure. He decided, this treasure is not mine, because I bought the ruin. I never bought the treasure, I never intended to buy the treasure, and he attempted to give the treasure back to the seller. The seller had an amazing posture on this one. He said, you know, when I sold you the ruin, it included everything in it, so I refused to take the treasures back. You can keep them. The king was astonished when he heard these two people speak this way. So he asked one person, he asked the seller, do you have a daughter? And he said, yes. And he asked the buyer, do you have a son? And he said, yes. And he they both of marriage, marriageable age? And both said yes. Whereupon the king decided that he had a fantastic resolution to this matter. And he said, you know what? I'd like to take the boy and the girl, marry them together, and they can keep the treasure. And so Reb said, when the chassan when the and the kala came to me, and they both showed that they were willing to be mevartah, which is to give up their own opinion in order to let the other person, you know, care about the other person first, I knew right away that this was going to succeed, that there was no reason to suspend this wedding or postpone this wedding. And eventually there would be a complete resolution of his cancer and everything would be okay. And that's how I decided it. So here we see an incredible way that we can determine if a person is right for us, we see if they have the ability to look beyond themselves and they think about others and they care about others. Remember Ahava comes from the root Hav, which means to be unconditional in terms of our ability to give. Now, there's nothing wrong with asking questions about a prospective date's medical situation before deciding whether or not to accept the shidduch at all do you know if he's currently being treated for a medical or emotional condition as a reference to many people I get this all the time Or does he? Ha- or do you, are you aware if he's had medical or emotional health care treatment in the past if the answer is yes or positive we suggest keeping an open mind while asking more questions because the answer is yes does not mean you have to just say no and just dismiss the shidduch find out about how this person lives his life or her life while managing their condition how may it impact their long term health and the likelihood it may be passed on to the children. This should be one of the many pieces of information you consider before deciding if you'd like to go on a first date. Now, mental illness and personality disorders. The very word mental illness may tempt many daters to run in the other direction. They automatically imagine someone who is unstable and incapable of being in a long-term mutually giving and loving relationship, simply because he has the moniker mental illness on top of him or her. Fortunately, many types of mental illness are treated successfully. And once they are recovered, former patients, they're able to lead happy, productive, and emotionally stable lives and have successful marriages. There's no reason they should be discriminated against. That's why someone who learns that a prospective dating partner was treated for either depression or anxiety or OCD, obsessive-compulsive disorder, or other conditions, should find out detailed information before they just decide to say no and reject. However, certain mental illness and many personality disorders may affect the patient so severely that he or she is an unsuitable candidate for a long-term relationship. That's why it's important and it behooves you to do as much research as you can. What about a controlling or abusive personality? That's important. It's It's an unfortunate fact that emotional and physical abuse and excessive control sometimes occurs even in religious homes. Sometimes the first signs that an individual may be inclined toward these behaviors emerge while a couple is dating or after their engagement. I have had several instances where after engagement, the, the boy was so controlling, that in one case he wouldn't allow the girl to speak to her mother in front, on, the, on the dining room table, and that engagement also broke. So we have to be on the, on the lookout for such behavior. There are also a number of questions that can be asked during the checking out process to detect warning signs of future trouble. These include questions about how someone handles stressful situations. You can ask him, how does Joey handle stressful situations? Or have you seen Ruthie blow up all the time? Or do you suspect that this person has any problems with their temper? So those are important questions to ask. Does he have a rabbi or other authority figure that he looks up to for advice? Whether he has had serious arguments with other people? Has he ever been involved in physical altercations? These are questions you need to ask. How critical he is and whether he has a history of control or abuse. Okay, now, other just important questions just to get it out there. There are a number of other circumstances that may not emerge during the checkout process, but which a data should disclose uh, once a courtship can't become serious. While they may not have bearing on an individual's ability to be a good husband or wife, they will affect a future marriage and have to be discussed before a couple decides to get engaged. These include prior criminal record, a previous marriage, a financial commitment to parents or other family members, Which is especially true when you're dealing with a second marriage, pre-existing child support or alimony obligations. Oftentimes, when I deal with women looking to marry men who have been married before, this is an always an important area of of you know of consideration: child support or alimony obligations, pending lawsuits. You might want to do a Google search on the person, significant personal debt, and, and last but not least, bankruptcy. And last but not least, genetic screening. How important it is to do genetic screening like Dor Yasharim. I've had a case today that's going to its first date, Sunday night, and the man right away said to me, well, what about Dor Yasharim? I want to check that out. And he gave me his Dor Yasharim number right away. So that's important that we check that out. For more information, we can contact Dor Yasharim for more details on that. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnyTime.com.